Hello everyone and welcome into the Irish NFL show with me, Colm Cronin. And I am delighted to be joined by a good friend of mine, a good friend of the show, the student of the game, Kyle Nash. Kyle, how are you doing, sir? Hey, great to jump in to do more stuff at the Irish NFL show. Another Super Bowl is coming up, but I'm glad I'm talking to you before that happens. Um, have you still come down for meeting Patrick Sertan? I'm asking. Uh, no, uh, and, and uh, now that he is proving week in, week out that he is uh, the best cornerback in uh, the league and people nationally are starting to say, you got Sertaned, I think that is uh, quite quite telling. So Sertan is quite certain in coverage. By the way, I, and I'll ask this, I don't mean to hijack your show, but how about Sean Payton proving Nathaniel Heck and may not have been so adept after all here potentially yeah i i mean i think to me the issue with sean's comments was were more that he backed off of them i mean i thought that i think if you're going to make it stand over it to me it's a bit like when somebody says no offense but no you don't get to say that either you say the the statement and you stand over it or you don't make it. And I just felt Sean should have either stood over it um, or, or never made it. Obviously, the first few weeks of the season looked um, pretty bleak, to say the, the least. I mean, the Madden, like, the Madden, like, 70 points. Uh, I mean, that will live long in the memory. I've never seen that, obviously, outside of an actual computer game. Uh, so it was kind of weird glitch in the Matrix. I still don't know what to make of it, Kyle. I'll be honest, because how like it's great and it's been fun and exciting and i can tell you when you're watching primetime games on this side of the atlantic and it's 4 36 a.m <laughs> um it, it, it's nice that they're winning but how sustainable is that turnover and um, he has got russ to play within himself which is something that pete carroll couldn't do all it took was russ to be humbled time and time and time again last year nationally on television to become the butt of everybody's jokes uh, so that's all it took for us to 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 be humbled but i i am certainly enjoying it i think for the broncos they got a big couple of weeks here coming up against the browns and the texans i think if they can um if they can even win one of those it will set them up yeah. because the back end of the season you play the chargers twice i don't think the the, the Broncos struggled against the Chiefs and the Raiders, but they've never had issues against the Chargers. You've got the Patriots thrown there. You've got to go on the road to Detroit. That's an issue. Um, but it those will be, I think, two tough games because the Browns aren't going to give you anything and you got to go on the road to uh, Houston. Not easy. How about stealing one from the Chiefs for the first time in forever? You know. I... Forever. <laughs> as as they say, nobody beats the Denver Broncos 17 times in a row. Uh So with that, with that said, I mean, I, we can go in in many different ways. Uh, let's open the, the floor because I know at, at this time of year, we're recording this on the Tuesday before Thanksgiving. Um, you're getting drawn in, in every which direction. So obviously, being based in Florida, you talk Jags a lot. But I'm going to open the floor up to you because maybe you're, you're maybe you don't want to open with Florida football as such. What we're here we are sitting at back end of November what has kind of caught your eye or intrigued you about the NFL this season Kyle that could be good that could be bad that could be a player a coach a franchise it could be ownership whatever it happens to be um, uh, what's catching your eye 
Man, listen, I'll tell you what. I know everybody's talking about C.J. Stroud as a sheer Rookie of the Year candidate. Obviously, he was the student of the game midseason Rookie of the Year. And everybody's talking about, oh, C.J. Stroud MVP. Not enough people are talking about D'Amico Ryans as a Coach of the Year candidate, Cullum. That in itself is nothing short of a small crime. First of all, I was told that defensive-based coaches are supposed to fail. I won't have the comment about how the Jets are still somehow competing without A.A. Ron Charlie Rodgers. Four snaps. Who had that on the bingo card? Good gravy. Anyways, but with all that in mind, that's one 49er head coach that's having relative success being a defensive coach. And here comes D'Amico Ryans, a guy who had bad blood with the organization at one point, had some sort of a lawsuit with them, which, of course, they've since um, settled and all that got buried, uh, uh, you know, buried, hatchet buried, if you will. And now they get C.J. Stroud, Will Anderson Jr., who's, by the way, a fine defensive Rookie of the Year candidate. He wasn't my uh, midseason Rookie of the Year um, for the student the game. Maybe he was. I'd have to check the tape. There were two that were very close. But here's what I'll say, Colin. You have all that going on, and that's great fun. But what about all the injuries taking place? I was told that a rookie quarterback without adequate uh, protection is a problem. I don't know what weirdo said that, me, but apparently it doesn't apply to C.J. Stroud. I know. He just had a three-interception game this past week against the Cardinals. Stuff happens. They still won the football game. That tells me plenty. Now, I don't know if it tells me more about the Cardinals than the Texans, but that was obviously a trap game because – The Jags traveling to Houston is already a playoff game. I spoke with the Jacksonville Jaguars' Josh Allen after the game in the locker room in Everbank Stadium, and when asked if he thought that game was essentially a playoff game, they were already taking the Titans game leading into it as a playoff game because the AFC South Championship is suddenly going to be a true race. Listen, I got flack for saying in late August that the Texans would have seven wins and mash the Titans with a seven-win total. Now, apparently I'm a Houston Texan pessimist with my prediction. Funny how that all worked, and a lot of why that happened was, of course, C.J. Stroud, but under the leadership of D'Amico Ryans, this and more was made possible. By the way, I was told that Devin Singletary was a bad running back in Buffalo. Well, I guess we have something else to check under the D'Amico Ryans regime. So I think that's a huge, huge thing in and of itself. I'm right there. By the way, Colum, I see a high likelihood that we see a backup quarterback of some sort coming out of the AFC North. Uh, I I don't wish injury on anybody, but Lamar Demetrius Jackson's history tells us that's the case. And already Joey Burr has gotten hurt. Looks like it's going to knock the Bengals out of the playoffs. And I don't know who's playing for the Browns this week, but I know it's not Deshaun Watson. Here's another story for you. The Browns defense, they're great at football. No, no, no. American football. I got to make sure I'm clear with that on these airwaves here. You know, I, anyways. But listen, uh, those are the two things that just hurl themselves off the tablet for me and, and just are completely fun things to watch. By the way, you want an actual MVP candidate here, Colum? Tyreek Hill needs to be getting a lot more love. Okay. I, I get that the Dolphins only averaged 20 and a half points in the past two games, yet, and somehow competing with the Chiefs, who are suddenly a defensive team. I didn't get that memo. Well, I did because I covered it in Everbank Stadium where, where, what was it, 11 points that the Chiefs scored? 
I didn't think Patrick LeVon Mahomes the second was scary, uh, capable of scoring that low a point total. Crazy stuff going on there with that. And, of course, the big story uh, for the week being not only Joey Burr and uh, Mark Andrews of the Ravens uh, getting um, regular season injuries, but how about that Monday night game call? <laughs> there was some competition for you. A little something that might help the Broncos if the def- – okay, you're not going to compete the AFC West, but still – that was a fun game to watch at the end, and and let's put it this way: there were more. There are now more drops this season for the Kansas City Chiefs than the heaviest of Irish rains. See, see what I did there with the drops? Yeah, you like that? I <laughs> uh, I mean, I think a, a number of things jump out. Like, let's jump on the last point there in terms of the Chiefs and Pascal Holmes. You and I uh, were were there in the Super Bowl last year when we saw Mahomes with an exceptional second half performance. He went off the field. He was limping. He comes back. He absolutely lights it up on the first drive. The entire atmosphere in the stadium changes and everyone kind of goes, oh, this is the Chiefs because we've seen this story before. This year... Um, you've talked about the drops, but the, the Chiefs have been outscored by the Browns. The Browns, who, as you point out, have lost to Sean Watson. They've had PJ Walker. They've had DTR, who started. They've signed Joe Flacco to the practice squad. They've been all over the place, but they have managed to score more points than the Chiefs. And everyone's talking about the Browns' defense, not the Browns' offense. How concerned um, or are you at all concerned? Do you just think this is a blip? Do the Chiefs get it fixed where do you sit on this, Kyle? When it comes to tournament football, you just need a guy that can keep things cool and at the helm. And maybe my bias is thus that I I, I grew up watching Joe Montana, infamously known as Joe Cool. You know, hey, there's John Candy. Um, you know, that reference to him taking him down the field in the Super Bowl to beat the Bengals, such as that was, right? Um, but... In tournament football, if you have that ice-cold vein quarterback, then you necessarily have to be a great player, just a guy that that can take the helm and, and keep you in it. That's Patrick LeVon Mahomes II, who also, by the way, happens to be the best quarterback in the league right now and is making a case um, to surpass Brady as the GOAT already, which, hey, listen, he can actually run the football too. Let's see some tape of Brady doing that. I can tell you it does not look as graceful, even with Patrick LeVon Mahomes II having an ankle injury in the Super Bowl. But, um, yeah, so long, listen, with the Chiefs in particular, so long as Mahomes is on on the on the um, roster, they're still a real threat. And not for nothing, Travis Michael Kelsey had a rare, bad game. These things happen. There have been drops issues other places, but listen, Valdez Scandling, I feel like he'll get it right in the main stage, things are different in the playoffs, and it transforms players to to two things that may not they may not normally be capable of doing. You know, we we saw Jerry, Jalen Hurts, by the way, have a great performance, an MVP caliber one, were he not across from Patrick LeVon Mahomes the second, who eventually won the game, right? So they, I, no, the Chiefs are always scary. I, I mean, just ask coaches, I just ask defensive coordinators, hey guys. Did, would you rather have them in the playoffs or not? You'll get a resounding no, I have no doubt. So, yeah, they're still incredibly dangerous. They're not going to be kept out of the playoffs, so they're always going to be a factor. Will they be going through Arrowhead? Maybe, maybe not. But I, I, I think even on the road, the Chiefs are dangerous enough. 
Uh, you mentioned, you know, Jalen Hurts there and the fact that he had, you know, such a, a great game in, in the Super Bowl. And I want to get your perspective because I I was the conductor of the Jalen Hurts hype train since he entered the league. I, I just think as a player and as a person, he's fantastic. He's one of those rare breeds who's obsessed with getting better. And he, do, he just do, doesn't stop and... Uh, you're not worried about putting a clause in his contract about him, uh, how much he needs to to study. Um, he's of the Peyton Manning. Uh, you you know, I, it might be time to stop watching tape and, and get some sleep, Jalen. But in terms of the Eagles, right, they're sitting at nine or one, nine or one again, right? Last year, all the talk was, oh, it was the easy schedule. Well, you can't say that about them this year. And yet, you know, there's still people who are like, oh, I don't know. And they're not doing this. They're not doing that. Like, are we, are we underestimating? Like, and and let's ignore the, even the playoffs and, and all of that. Are we like, in terms of the regular season, like over the last twenty games, right? They won eighteen of of them, um, and and lost two. Are we underestimating or or underappreciating or undervaluing how good this team are, or is it just that? You know they they play in the NFC East and and therefore um, they play the Giants they play the Commanders um, that we they they not they're not as deserving of the hype from your perspective. Well, I mean we'll lead with this. Um, we've definitely learned that Doug Peterson did in fact deserve the 2012 Coach of the Year because we see what Brian Dayball is doing when he has to have a playbook bigger than give the ball to Saquon, but. Uh, listen, I know that's a cheap shot, but the facts of the case are those, my friend. Uh, and from that standpoint, the Eagles' schedule is easier because they get to play that game twice. I get it. Playing against Sam Howell twice, not intimidating. It's all good. But there are other games on the schedule, like having to rematch the 49ers. That's a tough one. You know, the Bills this week, for example. That's another tough game that's on the schedule, regardless of the up-and-down nature that is the Buffalo Bills, who, by the way, fire their offensive coordinator and then light up the Jets' defense, which is pretty good. That's some statement. But I say all the above to say this there, Colin, that when it comes to the, the, the Eagles, the reason why there's doubt, and no disrespect to your Jalen Hurts hype tray, by the way. Well, I'll, I'll touch on him in a minute. But with the Eagles in particular, they themselves are similar. They're the Bills without the off-the-field disarray, Okay. They're a team that comes out flat or they'll come out big and hold on at the end. The inconsistency of their performance is enough to leave fans and analysts confused. Now, I'm not among them because Nick Sirianni, a, a source tells me that Nick Sirianni believes in building the trenches inside out. That source, Nick Sirianni and Phoenix at the Super Bowl, okay? So, you know, I, I think because that foundation exists, like Patrick LeVon Mahomes II, as long as they have that trench warfare where they do, they're never out of a game. Now, another guy who's a non-quarterback who I think should get at least some MVP conversation is A.J. Brown. He's not in my top five, but I get him being there to be a big deal, being a big deal. He's had a fantastic season so far and, and certainly one of the best acquisitions um, that is in Jalen Hurts, right, by the Eagles in, in the recent years. Now, with Jalen Hurts in particular, I know there was a lot of critics of him coming in early. I always thought he had too much criticism. Then when the hype train got to him being an MVP candidate last year, that's where I started to get to pumping the brakes a little bit. This is a good quarterback. Jalen uh, Jalen Hurts 
um, would have still gotten my MVP vote as a losing team if Patrick LeVon Mahomes II didn't make that 29-yard run on an injured ankle. The story won him that MVP for me, not the stats, not the performance per se, right? Jalen Hurts is a good quarterback. Jalen Hurts is a Super Bowl-winning potential quarterback. And and listen, I, I feel like, uh, say what you will about the quarterback sneak, which has been unfortunately bastardized by the national media here in America to the brotherly shove and the tush push and all this stuff. Hey, listen, Hall of Fame center Jason Kelsey is a big part of that. And as I flash my credentials on my video of my offensive lineman painting, yeah, that's me in, you know, some sort of artistic form. Listen, the artist took some liberties to make me look better than I really am. But the punchline's this. To dis to listen to the disrespect upon Jason Kelsey. Oh, the QB sneak. Anybody could do it to get yards. Ban it. Maybe another team that comes close to running it that well. The only th- good news that the NFL has about this trash about banning the quarterback sneak, Jason Kelsey's pretty close to retiring, I think. Yeah, he he is getting up there, but yeah, no, massively impressive. I I also I liked your uh your it sounded like a a Doug Stanhope impersonation when you were uh, mocking the the people who were questioning um the the QB sneak. I just one one point that I thought was interesting because you know you you said almost that the you know in some ways the the Bills and the Eagles have similarities, but the but the Eagles don't have the off field chaos now, right. I think is is that interesting like I, I can I see a lot of what you're saying in terms of I think the Bills are a really talented roster as well mm. but if you were to look at it maybe um, from the outside you would say that the Bills in theory have a coach who at least um, aesthetically or in, in like the, in the way he conducts himself on the sideline is much uh, like Hammer, not as demonstrative as uh, Nicholas Siriani, who is very out there in how he uh, like. I don't know if you've ever seen that clip of Jalen Hurts, uh, the QB, having to calm down uh, Nick Siriani, which is wonderful. Uh, Philly is known, and I love Philly. It's a special place in my heart. I spent uh, time there uh, when I was seventeen, working on a Habitat for Humanity project. A couple of months, it was a great city, but it's it's known for being wild. Um, sure. They have they have some wild players uh, there in in Philly, and yet as you said, like they're so focused, and yet you look at the Bills, and we see in which Sean McDermott, like the Eagles, lost their two coordinators to head coaching roles. The Bills have fired their coordinators. Sean McDermott is for for his, all the appearances of of calmness is pretty prickly at the podium on plenty of occasions the Stefan Diggs stuff and and everything else um in terms of where where the bills are are at for the talent on the roster how far can they go do, do you have them making the playoffs do you think they can get to the championship game where where does 2023 end for this buffalo bills team yeah i still have them making the playoffs so their schedule wrapping up is 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 pretty difficult and listen the defensive losses they suffer on the year in particular out there on your side of the pond playing the jacksonville jaguars were huge they took their toll by the way not for nothing i did predict that josh uh, josh allen on josh allen crime would go in favor of the jags 
back in early September. Yes, I'm taking, or excuse me, early August. Yes, I'm taking a victory lap, but nonetheless, um, I, I think I think the defensive losses in the secondary were were unbelievable. And and uh, up front, I think they have the most underrated defensive tackle core in the league. So they do have that still going for them. They're typically capable of being good at stopping the run. If they can put them be put in a position by their offense to then further take the run and balanced offense of an opponent out of a game. You don't always get that. And, and listen, Colm, when they first acquired Stephon Diggs, I had told America, I'm on record as the student of the game, saying that Stephon Diggs will be the offensive MVP because of then struggling Josh Allen, struggled a lot less upon Stephon Diggs's induction into the offense. And then that unfortunate 15-second situation happened. Unfortunate if you're a Bills fan, of course. What Patrick LeVon Mahomes the seconds just what just happened is is what a lot of people say after that overtime game and all of that. But I I I'll say this too. I think you're also alluding to Jalen Hurts' leadership versus Josh Allen's. You know, AJ Brown's personality versus Stephon Diggs. He went from being a main player shipped out of Minnesota to go to another northern cold weather city in Buffalo, whereas A.J. Brown was sent from a struggling team to a better culture where he was then put in a position to just absolutely drink in what was going on and and assimilate himself to it far more cleanly. The opportunity, I think, drove A.J. Brown to, for lack of a better word, behave um, more in line, whereas Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen, that drama there, Listen, being frustrated in what's going on in Buffalo is perfectly allowed. I think their window's closed there. They're going to make the playoffs. How many playoff games they'll win, that's a separate conversation, and I reserve the right to see who that opponent is in the playoffs, assuming I'm correct in their getting. Yeah, I, I mean, I do think the culture thing is kind of fascinating in that the Eagles bring in Jalen Carter who we know fell in the draft for off-the-field issues and a car crash where people were killed. And yet he has been, well, he's been fantastic on the field. There don't appear to be any issues. Maybe the Eagles are just really good at keeping all this stuff in-house. But I think it's a very fair point, that comparison that you make, Diggs and A.J. Brown and the way in which A.J. Brown... like. Yeah, look, every wide receiver is a little bit of a diva. They have their, they have their quibbles. And A.J. Brown had a bit of a, you know, he had had his moments earlier, I think it was week one, where he talked a little bit. But all it was was a quick quibble, and he was back to to work. There was no um, demonstrations on the sideline. There was no playing it up to the camera during the game. Uh, There was nobody uh, from his family tweeting very uh, publicly during the the game. I think that, yeah, I think those comparisons are, are really interesting. Let's get the, because um, I'm conscious of, of your time, but let's talk a little bit about the team that, that you uh, cover most frequently, and that is uh, the Jaguars, who have been an interesting one because they went into this season as, I think, the favourites, consensus favourites uh, for the the South. And they have had moments during the, the year. I mean, week one, uh, Ridley and uh, Trevor Lawrence looked good. Since then, it hasn't looked so good. Obviously, they essentially got spanked by the 49ers and then probably had their most impressive offensive showing 
even though they, it wasn't the best in terms of points scored. It was just below that. But probably their most um, complete offensive performance against the Titans at the, the weekend. Now, the Titans aren't a great team. But where from your and you get to see them up close, you're in the locker room, you're around the, the building. Like, did, did, was there a fundamental change like over the course of the, the last week? I know when Doug was at the podium after the 49ers game and in stark contrast to say Brandon Staley or Sean McDermott, um, he was kind of asked about the offense and he was asked about some of the air yards and stuff like that. And he kind of... He didn't. He wasn't perky about it. He he heard it. He said, "Yeah, we we we're gonna go away and look at some things." And my goodness, they did that. And Sunday was pretty impressive. No, and that's a great point. I was in that press conference that you're mentioning. And listen, Doug Peterson has never really been, uh, to use your word, he's not a prickly dude. He 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 uh, he's a very straightforward guy. One might argue he's air quotes boring. I wouldn't say so, but he is rather direct. And, you know, he, he's not compre- – he's certainly not – you mentioned Staley. Nothing like that's going on. I'll grant you that. Uh, but uh, what I what I found fascinating about that, too, is in playing the Niners, the point he made is that the Niners are the team that they're looking to become. They're still super young, um, not, not just as, you know, with their player base, but as an organization. By the way, people seem to keep forgetting that Anton Harrison is a rookie at tackle – who has faced a deluge of difficult linemen. They'll even re, re, realign defensive tackles to battle him specifically, right? Chris Jones of the Chiefs, by the way, happens to come back the week they go to Everbank Stadium. Uh, DeForest Buckner, the Colts tackle, they split him outside to battle the rookie. And I'm not here to say he's done a great job, but he did hold his own and do enough to win certain football games, right? T.J. Watt in Pittsburgh. Anton Harrison had to do that battle. Trial by fire was the description by Doug Peterson for what that young man had to deal with. And and that's that's something I wanted to bring up really quick because you mentioned Trevor Lawrence and the offense. I think the issues begin to stem from the interior line. Listen, they've kicked Walker a little inside. Cam Robinson's back from suspension at this point. They've looked better than they have. But against a team that's so wild up front like the 49ers, it just didn't matter. By the way, there's certain little circumstantial things that happened to go wrong in that game. The Jags have struggled all year in the red zone. That's their biggest problem on offense. You mentioned Calvin Ridley. He has a number of dropped touchdowns on the year. It's not Kansas City Chiefs big, but, you know, let's put it this way. It's ironic we're talking about games lost by the Chiefs with drops at the end because it was a drop at the beginning of the Jags-Chiefs game at Everbank that ended up making the difference there. Calvin Ridley had a sure touchdown that he dropped, for example. But I think what we're seeing is that chemistry with Trevor Lawrence and himself starting to develop, right? Zay Jones back in the lineup apparently means a ton to this team. As a third receiver, even though the big air quotes, big names are Calvin Ridley, are Christian Kirk, are Evan Ingram, what's going on when Zay Jones is in the lineup? It seems to elevate Calvin Ridley's numbers as well. Jones didn't necessarily have a big game this past week, but Calvin Ridley has had his biggest game in weeks, to your point. You know, I I think the turnovers in key times in the red zone have killed this team throughout the year. Red zone performance in general has been a problem. And then this week, Trevor Lawrence took matters into his own hands, or shall I say his own feet, by running in two touchdowns to the first Jacksonville Jaguar quarterback to have two touchdowns and two passing touchdowns 
uh, or two touchdowns running and passing. And that's after getting called out by his former teammate in Arden Key of the Tennessee Titans, uh, signing up to this whole concept that Trevor Lawrence is allegedly a one-read quarterback. Well, he thought read it and like, and then he ran it in a couple times on yard, and I'll leave it that way. Uh, although, I will admit, Trevor's response was funny when asked about that post-game. He goes, I didn't know Arden said that. That kind of hurts that my former teammate said that, you know. But he said it best. If there's a narrative, change the narrative. And I believe that's what Trevor Lawrence and this entire offense is trying to do. That being said, get some offensive help in the middle in this next draft, and this team will be a real threat. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, I think we have seen um, Trevor show, like, he can win in lots of different ways. Uh, I think the one thing that, you know, um, the he might need to work on that, um, you know, uh, maybe some of, uh, like, the Peyton Manning uh, always had a great, uh, a, like, quick comeback. I don't know if you remember when uh, Peyton was asked about towards the end of his career, and uh, he seemed to be throwing um, a lot of, uh, a, a lot of wobbly uh, passes. And uh, he said, yeah, I throw a lot of wobbly touchdowns. Uh, which was a, ni- a nice way of ending uh, that 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 uh, line of, of questioning. So that's the only thing I think Trevor needs to uh, get get the comebacks, and that'll end uh, those uh, those questions. Listen, the best quote you're going to get out of Trevor Lawrence is celebrating at the Waffle House. He's just not that dude. You, you, Trevor Lawrence is not hosting Saturday Night Live, Colum. But hey, listen, yeah. if we're going to bring up the Jags, I would be remiss, and I've written about this twice this season already on the Jaguar Report at SI. This defense is carrying this team in a lot of ways. For all the offensive struggles, they're still getting the W's from a team with Josh uh, Allen up front, uh, Trayvon Walker on the other side, and then um, Andre Sisco as a safety who's popped out to be suddenly one of the NFL's best. Foye Aluakun, who is the uh, defensive captain. At times this year, they've led the NFL in turnovers. Last week they didn't, or excuse me, two weeks ago they didn't get any against the 49ers because, goodness gracious, Trent Williams was back in the lineup. There just wasn't a lot they could do defensively. But they went back to their ways, causing two fumbles and dropping a number of Will Levis interceptions. So if they can get that sort of stuff going against C.J. Stroud, that'll certainly help. And that being said, we just mentioned Stroud had three interceptions and still won the game. But I'm going to be bold enough to say that the Jags are better than the Cardinals. <laughs> Uh, well, well done on winning the Tullers and Danny DeVito contest uh, there, um, Kyle. For about talking about taller than DeVito, now you're talking about quarterback play in, in New York there. But I digress. Um, and so, yeah, uh, who who may be better than Daniel Jones, which is another I think taller than Danny DeVito contest. But for people, Kyle, for people on this side of the Atlantic who want to check out your stuff, where can they do that? Hey, yeah, no, an honor, joy, and privilege to be in tonight, Colum. But yes, I'm Kyle Nash, a student of the game. You can find me on Twitter, at the SOTG. Find me on Instagram, as the same, the SOTG on threads as well. Find me on Facebook, as the student of the game. Check out my writing with, as I mentioned earlier, the Jaguar Report, a fan nation at SI. Uh, my work with the three-point conversion as well. I write for them. And also check out my locker room interviews with the Jags on their YouTube channel, the three-point conversion. Also, I cover the UCF Knights uh, for college football and basketball, uh, men's and women's, um, with the Black and Gold Banneret, and also with the Night Shift podcast. By the way, we talked about Jags coverage before, Colum. 
I have a podcast called The Duval Dive that I do on Fridays, 11.15 Eastern. So let me do the math. It's five hours. I think it's like 3 p.m. your time. So, hey, listen, just before, you know, got a little time in that lull at work, you know, or, hey, just listen to the podcast. By the way, Student of the Game podcast is out there on all your pod things there, too. Also, the Student of the Game podcast. I do a lot of stuff, Call them. I keep busy. What can I say? Also covering the Orlando Magic for the NBA with A7BN Sports. An honor, joy, and privilege, my friend. A man of myriad talents, and given that the Jags have a, a decent and growing fan base over here, would absolutely advocate you checking out Kyle's stuff. Kyle, will hopefully have you back on again in the not-too-distant future, but for now, thanks for taking the time to chat to me today. I love the sound of a column. Always great to talk to you. Until next time, friends, class dismissed. Thank you for listening. And if you're enjoying the show, please do vote with your fingers and rate, review, or subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. Every click, every like, every positive review, and every additional subscriber makes a huge difference. It helps others to find the show, and we really do appreciate it. We'd also love to hear from you and to interact with NFL fans on our social channels, wherever you're listening in the world, so please do get in touch.